0: Hi, everyone. This is Florence Brummer. Welcome to the bonafide legal podcast. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. And throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find a balance between work and life. This week's podcast is COVID part two. Um, Let me get to my notes. I'm sorry. I have some really, really detailed notes from the last two weeks. So where I left off was the morning of September 11th. And to recap, I was diagnosed with COVID a few days before September 11th. And I was in the middle of a quarantine in my last podcast. I recorded my last podcast on September 11th and that morning I was going to the office for a few hours to actually quarantine at my office from the people at my house. I had been locked in my room for a few days and figured I could go to my office since no one was there. I ended up staying until the evening, and on the way there, I picked up some avocado toast and an immunity juice from a place called Clean Juice that's in my town. So, one thing is, there's so much you can get done on a Saturday at work. I had a call with a new client, and why not? I had literally nothing I could do in my personal life. I also read a giant transcript and worked on a disclosure statement. These are things that would have taken me a couple of weeks to get through, and I got through it in an afternoon. One thing I did not do was nap. The thing about this was that the whole time that I had COVID, I was having trouble sleeping. My mind was going a 1,000 miles an hour, so usually when I can fall asleep easily in an afternoon for a nap, I couldn't. And at night, I was taking... Tylenol nighttime cold to help me fall asleep. So while I was at the office, um, besides doing the work, I also read some books, read some from some books, and I finished the September Vogue magazine. I answered all of my emails and I set out a bunch of work for my two co workers. I also attended a virtual church hearing from the office. I had not been going to church in person in a year and a half, I'd been doing it virtually this whole time, except for a couple of times I went in person and but I had a thought. I'm like, I really want to start going back in person once all this is over for me. I want to just get back to that fellowship and that like break from not being at the break from being at work, the break from being at home, and just really, really get back and, and just concentrate on it. Like when I'm at church, just concentrating on church. Um, I had planned at that point, I wasn't going to be coming to the office for the week, except maybe in the middle of the night. This was also the same day that I lost my sense of smell. I had it a little bit during the day. So I was like clinging to the hope that it wasn't going to go away. But by the evening, it was gone. I didn't realize how upset I would get by that. I mean, I was really, really upset for that evening. Initially, I could still smell this gross paint smell. that My husband was repainting a motorcycle, and that was it. I couldn't smell body wash. I couldn't smell a candle. I couldn't smell food. It was all very disheartening. And so I came home in the evening, and I brought some... Taco Bell for the people in my house at their request. And I just had to basically drop it off and run upstairs to get away from everybody. And I was, you know, in my house wearing a mask, dropping off food, running upstairs. And when I went upstairs, I felt just a bit of a breakdown. My smell was gone. I felt isolated. It had been a long week. And I know I probably sound kind of ungrateful and whiny, but I was just doing my best. But I really had like a pity party. I realized how incredibly grateful I really was. I wasn't in the hospital. I could breathe fine. I wasn't coughing. In June, I had a cold that lasted, oh, I don't know, a good three weeks. And when I had that cold, I had... Um, I had two separate days where I like threw up for the whole day and whole night. I sneezed for a week. I just couldn't stop sneezing and no medication could help me. And then I coughed for two more weeks and it just was endless and I was exhausted. But with, and I didn't feel really like that when I had COVID, I just felt kind of fine. Um, a little tired, a little bit of pressure in my sinuses, but not terrible, but I still felt sad and frustrated. And um my husband was in the garage and i I phoned him, you know, like I couldn't just go down and see him. And uh, he said what was helpful to me, which was it will get better, and it has gotten better. So on Sunday, I wake up and I feel just fine. I'm crazy you know, just crazy, but still I can't smell. And I started hearing from a lot of people via Facebook, text, email that were very, very kind and sending me their well wishes. People were very concerned. I really appreciate that for all the people who have reached out to me. Thank you so much. People who have had COVID in the past told me their stories and that helped me to just get more information. Then my husband had an idea. He said, why don't you get a hotel? That way you can just order food in and relax and not be cooped up in the bedroom. And at first I was like, that's crazy. Why spend the money? I can just stay in my room. Then I thought, why the hell not? What was keeping me in the the house? I was persona non grata in my own home and office. So the idea progressed very quickly. Initially I was thinking of staying in Scottsdale or Phoenix and I wanted to get a room with a a balcony for sitting outside. And I I had a doctor's appointment in downtown Phoenix on Monday and I could go to the appointment and then go back to the hotel. And so by all accounts my quarantine was supposed to be over by Wednesday so I could come back on Thursday for a day of appointments that I had set up. Like I had this whole day of appointments. And like I said, I wanted to get something with a balcony so I could sit outside. Then I thought, it's 110 degrees here this week. Like this is no joke. It was September in Arizona and we were having a heat wave and it was 110 degrees. And then I thought, well, why would I stay here? I can't sit outside. It would just be like being at my house. Then I thought, how about Flagstaff? Cooler weather, I can sit outside. I can walk in the park away from people. And then when I looked at all the hotels, and I usually, I know this is probably kind of a silly thought, but I usually stay at a Bonvoy hotel because I can get points and or use points. So I looked at the hotels under Bonvoy, and there was none that had balconies or outside sitting areas. And I couldn't imagine just sitting in a room and not being able to sit outside. Hotel rooms can be pretty depressing if you're just stuck in it. So I wanted something with with an outdoor area, a private outdoor area where I could sit. Then I had a totally off-the-wall thought, why don't I go to Coronado? It's in the 70s there. It's on the ocean. I know I can get a, a hotel with a private patio. The hotels have virtual check-ins so I can go straight to my room. I didn't book it right away. I wanted to think about it for the day. And I also wanted to talk to the doctor on Monday. I also thought, why risk doing appointments on Thursday? It was right when my quarantine ended. And I thought I could move everything to the next week and then come home Thursday night. And that way I didn't feel stressed that I was stopping my quarantine too early and maybe possibly infecting people. And um, the week that I decided to go stay in the hotel... I had some hearings Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, but they were virtual and I could make it work. I could also leave straight from my doctor's appointment on Monday morning and just start heading west. So on Monday morning, I woke up, I finished packing, I had coffee with my husband while I wore a face mask. I left at nine and drove to the doctor. My client uh, may had made me an appointment with a trusted doctor who had a lot of success treating COVID. So I went to his office, and they have a separate entrance for COVID patients. I went to that, and the doctor explained to me that that was their workaround for being able to treat COVID patients. They were so nice to me, and I was really self-conscious about being there. After dealing with this for about a week, I was really starting to feel like a leper, you know, just isolated, like I couldn't be around people. I was receiving many warm, warm wishes, but I was still extremely isolated. And then I started thinking about people who have had the sickness very bad and they've had to recover alone at home in the hospital. Um, you know, they've been alone at home or alone in the hospital. And it just, it was a bummer to think about that. And I thought, okay, here I am. I'm blessed at a minimum. I can drive. I can exercise in my room. I can do a- Laundry at night, I can read. Like I said, I wasn't even as sick as my last cold in June. So, in any event, the doctor I saw participates with an experimental treatment for COVID, and after reading the information, I decided not to undergo the treatment. It was for someone who was at risk for developing horrible symptoms. By the time I saw him, I was almost at the end of the quarantine, so I decided. Not to do the treatment. It seemed too risky to me for how I was feeling. It was supposed to help people who were having severe trouble breathing, and I had one night for where, for about an hour, I felt a little pressure in my tre- in my chest, but I could still take deep breaths. In fact, my husband cracked up when I told him on Monday that I was never breathing better. Like my breathing was fine, and I was so worried about it. I was so paranoid because it's a a respiratory illness. And so just I was continually watching my breath and making sure I could take deep breaths. And it was fine the whole time. Um, So on some of the COVID cases, like even the the breakthrough cases, people can have like all the symptoms are kind of little bit of symptoms or minimal symptoms or lack of symptoms like I have but then on day 11 which I know like crazy day 11 they can get a fever for like three days or so so the doctor gave me a z-pack and steroids to help ward that away and cleared me for going to Coronado I told him my idea to quarantine in a hotel room and sit on the patio and watch the water and catch up on work, and he said, go for it. Great idea. Um, I also, before I went, I also researched staying in hotels when you have COVID, and apparently it is acceptable. It's not a restriction to um, not go into a hotel, and many people with large families, where one of them get quarantined, or one of them get COVID, so kind of the same situation that I had, a house with a lot of people in it, only some of us had COVID. In situations like that, a lot of people will quarantine in a hotel and social distance. The hotel that I had stayed in, I had stayed in before, so I was familiar enough with it that I knew that the the rooms open to the outside So I was never walking in hallways like in like a lot of hotels. And there were mobile keys and mobile check-in as well. And um, I left that room so clean that the hotel staff might have been like, what the heck? Like I cleaned up like after I left. So the doctor that I saw on, on Monday sent me to a local pharmacy Where they actually walked out my medications to me and took my payment over the phone. So I didn't even have to go inside. So, between, and I had a hearing between the doctor's office and the pharmacy. So I had to pull over and do a court hearing, like if you can even believe that. Um, I also had some clients that I had to call back. I did that from the pharmacy parking lot. And then I just started driving. And the doctor's office that I went to brought me slightly closer to my destination, but with the traffic from the city, I really didn't gain any time, if, if any. You know, um, It probably took me about the same amount of time to get from my house um, to Coronado as it usually takes to, uh, than it took from being a little bit closer because I had to go through the traffic it actually felt good to just start driving. I didn't have to worry about needing anything at the house and not being able to get it. All I had to do was drive. And my daughter, so kind of an update on what was happening at home. My daughter with the son who had COVID, she had she took two additional tests. And they were negative. And she had like a little bit of some sinus pressure. She kind of was having the same thing that I was having, but she kept testing negative. And I and I said, "You're going to have it." And then after her last negative test, I was like, "Well, I guess you're not getting it." And then on her birthday, September sixteenth, she took one last final test, and it was positive. And she just couldn't believe it. Um, so I had also um, retested my daughter Maggie. Because she, her and I tested together the first time. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm positive. She's negative. And um, I'm going to have her tested. Maggie tested negative the whole time. Everyone did except for the baby, my oldest daughter, and me. And it shows you how weird and frustrating and scary this virus is. We all, eight of us, there's eight people in my house. We were all together at different times, trying to quarantine as much as possible, and then three of us get it. And I had the vaccine, and, and I still got it. So I was one of those lucky breakthrough cases. Um, the doctor said that my uh, antibodies should be way up now. So I'm hoping maybe I can be good for a while And set aside some of that endless panic that I've had about catching COVID for the last year and a half. Like now I've had it, and I'm done, and it's cycled through me. So on my drive, I was very tired because I had been up early. Like I got up at like 4 in the morning. And I, like I said, not sleeping great. And ever since COVID, I usually sleep like a rock. But I was having trouble going to sleep. My mind was racing every night. I would shoot out of bed with frustrating thoughts. But on the drive, I was actually very relaxed. And I just was concentrating on seeing like the different um, guideposts in, that are in my mind for the trip. Like getting to the 8, passing the prison that is on your way to the 8, going through Gila Bend, um, driving past Yuma, driving past the, zoo, the the dunes, the big windmills, the big mountain range that you go through, getting into San Diego. Um, looking at many of the many old abandoned buildings along the way. It's not a very scenic or exciting drive, and it was still hot. It was 115 degrees in Yuma, (laughs) but it was weirdly relaxing and uh, it, it just helped clear my mind. It really, really did. And then I got to Coronado, and there's this big bridge that you go over. And in pass rides, I'm always a little panicky at the windy and windy mountain range in California and that big bridge that takes you to Coronado. But since I was just driving, driving, driving and listening to podcasts, I didn't have any of that anxiety. And also, I think, because I didn't have anyone with me. I was on my own time frame. I just was taken my time um had water in the front seat just took it easy and it was the easiest drive there i have ever had and then i got there i checked in i didn't um do you know i brought my my luggage in from the car and then i sat on the patio and i watched the at the i stayed at the marriott um, which is where I always stay or will stay from now on. This year was my first year staying at the Marriott in Coronado, and I will always stay there now, unless they go downhill. I used to always stay at the Dell. I feel that the Dell does not take good care of their patrons. I feel that it, a lot of the rooms are just really, um, kind of run down and small I mean they are redecorated to a certain extent and it is a historic hotel I mean it's lovely in that sense and they do have like an area that is um more new and it's right on the ocean which is nice but it the parking isn't easy uh the last uh two times that I stayed there a bunch of the shops were closed down it uh, used to have like kind of an indoor mall, a lot of it was closed down, a lot of the uh, hotel is under construction, they had a lot of COVID uh, restrictions, and it was just not what it used to be. Um, it, it's in the busiest part of the island too, so if you want to hop in your car and go do something, you have to drive d- through the whole island. So the Marriott is like right when you get into the into the island and there's a shuttle, which I didn't take a shuttle. I didn't go into any shops. It was a very weird trip that way. But it is, um, if you're thinking about staying in Coronado, I highly recommend the Marriott. And really nice rooms. And it's on the water. It's on the bay. It's not on the ocean. But there's little beaches, like if you want to... Um, spend like a little bit of time on the beach. There's tiny beaches that you can go to that are in walking distance. Or you can take a day and spend a day at the um, beach at the Dell. And you still have, it's easy to get to. You could do the shuttle or you could drive there or whatever. And you don't have that frustration of just dealing with the um, Dell You know, I I hate to say it because I I stayed there probably seven years in a row, but I just did not enjoy it and it was not worth the money. So in any event, I'm at the Marriott. I go out to the patio. I ordered a hummus plate and some butternut squash soup to be delivered to me and um, ate. And I thought I'd go to bed early and I laid down and I started rewatching, um, the Dirty John miniseries, which is an amazing, true limited series streaming on Netflix. It has a shocking ending. It's a true story. I've reviewed it before. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I also answered hundreds of emails, like so many emails, just never ends on the emails. So my plan for keeping up on work was to just continue with my calendar. I had court hearings each day of being gone, but they were virtual. I had um, moved all my in-person meetings that were set on Thursday. So I moved them till the next week. Um, also, I think it helped my staff because I think my staff was not super comfortable about me coming in um, during the week. Like, bam, my quarantine ends and then there I am. Or that could have just been in my head. I was very cognizant and paranoid about the whole thing and just did not want to get anyone sick. And there's such conflicting information on how contagious this is. So I thought a few more days does not, like, just be cautious about it. So while um, in Coronado on Tuesday, I finally fall asleep. I wake up um, and I wake up at four on Tuesday, four in the morning. I call my husband since he's a night owl, and he was sleeping, but he answered. And I told him to go back to sleep, and I couldn't go back to sleep. I honestly hate this part of the night. It's so close to the morning, so it's like, what can you do? Go back for 30 minutes? Go back to sleep for 30 minutes? I had early morning meetings and hearings, so I couldn't just sleep all day. I had to make arrangements for my daughter to be picked up for school. And actually, everyone had that under control. But when you're a mom, (laughs) like you want to be there. So I was managing her getting picked up um, and to and from school from my hotel room. And so at four in the morning, I was reading and just tossing and turning. And then the light starts coming up around 6am. Got out of bed, had coffee and breakfast uh, at the water. I took an early morning walk. And the great thing about Coronado this time of year in September is that the island's pretty dead, especially in the morning. I put a mask on whenever anyone passed me, even if it was like 25 feet, and I would avoid people like crazy. From the research that I did, chance of transmission outdoors is like 0%, but I was still careful. I'm sure people thought I was a loon, but I just wanted to keep people safe. Then I, after my walk, I went back to the room for a morning of court hearings and meetings and returning calls and all of my meetings, everything kind of bumped into each other. So it was kind of hectic, but I actually got a lot of work done. I tried laying down around noon and I think I dozed a bit, but I was having so much trouble sleeping. I ordered some vegan sandwiches for lunch and just made them last through lunch and dinner. Still no smell. I could taste, but I could tell that it wasn't up to par. I generally love cookies and cakes and sweets, and I have a sweet tooth, and I had no appetite for it. I felt like I wanted things like vegetables. It was so weird, but maybe it's helpful with this that I just was eating probably better than I usually do. I had two more walks during that day, and I also took a long bath, and I just was reading and reading and reading. So on Tuesday night, despite being outside for walks three times and sitting outside and working, I still had trouble sleeping. I would fall asleep and then wake up like an hour later. I was up at five on Wednesday when I had no reason to be. And each morning, I would text everyone in my house for updates and to make sure Maggie was up for school. I grabbed oatmeal from the hotel and ate by the water. I would also drink a ton of coffee each morning too. On Wednesday, I didn't have a court hearing schedule, but I had some calls to return and I did FaceTime with the office. We also picked up a new client with an emergency situation and I had to explain the whole COVID thing and I was sort of surprised that the client wanted me to move forward, I thought with me being so unavailable and it being sort of weird that uh, the client would want to go with another law office. But I guess the, um, the client liked what 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 she heard. And I had a plan with my staff to meet with her and submit the documents to the court and then telling the court about my COVID situation. And um, it worked out. Like we got the filings done that we needed to get filed. Got the work done. I took a nap on Wednesday on the couch in my room. And by Wednesday, that nap, it was the best sleep I had while I was there. I think my body was finally starting to slow down. Like the adrenaline was finally started starting to like ease. Um, I took supplements the whole time that I was ill. They were recommended by the doctor and clients. I took zinc, amino acid, D, B, C, and elderberry, and I was still on the z pack and steroids. Around noon, I took a drive. I wanted to see some of the more touristy parts of Coronado, but I didn't feel good walking around the more crowded areas, and I couldn't slash wouldn't go into shops, so I took a drive. I drove past the dell and explored the long stretch of road past the dell that I'd never been to, like in all the years that I went there. I was surprised to see all the homes that were um, way past the dell, and it was this narrow stretch of road that's surrounded by water on both sides. It actually seemed like kind of an amazing place to live on the island. You're five minutes from the busy district, but you're also surrounded by water, like just a very, very cool area. I drove past the Spreckles Mansion, where there were two very mysterious deaths around 2010. There's a really, really good book about the deaths, and there's a, a documentary on uh, Discovery Plus. And I think if you just look up Spreckles Mansion murder mystery, it'll probably come up. Um, it was nice to get out of the hotel room. I filled up on gas... And I paid the insane Coronado prices. It was like four fifty a gallon, but I didn't want to have to stop for gas in San Diego once I started driving. The traf- once I started driving home, the traffic is is too rough, and I'd rather get a fill up in Yuma or Gila Bend, um, which I could get to, and then just you know fill up and then make it home. While I was gone, I heard that Norm MacDonald, a comedian, died after a very long, very private battle with cancer. It was almost odd to hear someone having a private health battle. I certainly have put everything out there, and I didn't have a 10-year battle. I mean, it's been two weeks uh, with a not-so-serious case of COVID, and I've told anybody who's had any questions and this podcast what has happened to me. It shows how everyone handles everything different, again, with there being no right or wrong. I took another walk in the evening and had sushi in my hotel room. It was a sushi place I always wanted to try. And although it was good, I still felt that it wasn't yummy. Like, that that's the word I keep using. Like, food's not yummy. A bit of a bummer when I was gone. A restaurant that I had really grown to love in Coronado had closed down after being in business for 20 years. I was going to have delivery from there. I'm like, why is this so weird on DoorDash? And then I went to their website, and it said, after 20 years, we've closed down. And I drove past it, and it indeed was closed. Anyways, I got um, takeout from a sushi place, and I think my taste was dulled for sure. When I was out walking, I listened to that week's The Film Vault, Podcast, and those of you who listen to me regularly know that I'm a Patreon contributor to that show, and was a guest host in 2020, and I've also done some recent segments called Red Light, Green Light. Because I'm a Patreon contributor, I got to pick out a topic for topic for the week, and I picked out worst movie concepts, and I submitted my list and comments to the show, and it ended up being a very spirited, fun discussion. And they read all my notes and I was very excited to listen to the show. So please support that show. Anderson and Brian have been so kind to me and um, were in touch with me during, with with um, me having COVID. And in fact, they even talk about it on the show. So I really, really appor- appreciate that. And it's a very useful podcast. They're great at giving good moving picks and keeping you up to date on things that you may have missed and finding good movies for you to see. Okay, so that evening I took a super long bath, making sure not to make it too hot because I've just found in the past I've taken baths that have been way too hot and way too long and have made myself kind of ill. And I just read and read and read and I finished the book The Irishman which was originally called I Hear You Paint Houses. It's the book that was used for the movie The Irishman. And I saw that movie when it originally came out last year. And I really liked it. I love Scorsese mob movies, but I was a bit confused because of all the characters. There's three characters. um, The three main aren't confusing at all. One is Al Pacino playing Jimmy Hoffa. Robert De Niro's playing... uh, Frank Sheeran, and um, uh, Joe Pesci is playing Rusty someone. I can't remember his last name. So it's about those three guys, basically. But then there's a bunch of other characters who are coming and going. And after reading the book, it put it in a lot of context. And I started rewatching the movie at the hotel. And it was so much easier to follow. I know a lot of people don't believe that the Irishman, the character played by Robert De Niro, actually killed Jimmy Hoffa. But after reading the book, I believe that the mystery is solved. It really seems plausible, and the author had a lot of backup information. He was very thorough. He's a lawyer and a former prosecutor. It's a very well written book. And then, so there's the book, and then there's about an extra. 50 pages of afterward on, like, what he discovered after, which um, just gives you a ton more information. So after being in the bath, I felt relaxed and fell asleep the easiest that I did the entire time. Thursday was my day going home, so I did an early morning round of calls, caught up on some emails. I ate avocado toast and a salad by the water, drank a ton of coffee, took my last walk around the shore. I called for late checkout and was hoping for something like three. So this was another thing that was really nice about being on my own. Um, I didn't need to pack up kids and luggage and you know, any of that. Um, So I was fine if I could stay longer. But the latest they could give me was 1230. Here was the problem. I had a 2pm hearing which would have put me in the mountains or desert if I started driving at 12.30. So I had my associate attorney as a backup for the hearing. I went back to the hotel to pack um, before 12.30, maybe get an extra hour of sleep, shower, and get ready ready to go. Overall, I have to say this was a very good choice for recovery. It kept me out of the house. It got me out of the hot weather. My husband even said, why don't you just stay for the weekend? It's still so hot here. And when you're away like that, your days start to not feel like real days. And even though I was still looking at my calendar nonstop and following a bit of a schedule, like I was, you know, uh, not dressed for court, not very formal, but it was a schedule it wasn't the same as uh, staring at a clock in my room and watching the time tick by. I still was thinking, I need to get back to my life, and I don't have to be in quarantine anymore, so I can actually go home and just be be in my house. Um, plus, I was, you know, things like out of clothes and anxious to get ready for the next week, and I could have had my clothes sent to the hotel laundry. Um, there were options, but like I said, it was time to get home. Also, if all went well, I was supposed to be going to Hawaii in a week and a half. On top of everything, my Hawaii trip was coming up. I met the requirements for travel for Hawaii. I had the vaccine and was fully recovered from COVID and had a negative COVID test. In fact, really all I needed, like technically for Hawaii travel was the vaccine, but I had everything else on top of it. Theoretically, I am full of antibodies if it's supposed to work the way it's supposed to work. So Thursday, my day of clearance, I had a, um, like I said, I coordinated with my associate for the hearing, worried that I would be in this dead zone. And I ended up even leaving a little bit late from the hotel. I think I left closer to one because the opposing counsel on that case called me and I ended up not being able to leave until like 1, and my goal was to get past the mountain range before the hearing, and I ended up right in the middle of it. I pulled over at this gas station and did the hearing. The judge said I froze up once, but it went amazingly well. The funny thing, my associate could not get into the hearing, so thank goodness, because (laughs) there was no one else. Then I finished the rest of the 6-hour drive home. I stopped for gas and a root beer. My taste was not doing great. It was just off. And I made great time with just no one else just listening to podcasts and a audio book. It was just nice. It was also my daughter's 28th birthday. And that was when she called me to tell me that she tested positive for COVID. So she was very, very bummed. But um, she was also at the because she had been quarantined already with the baby, she was at the end of it. So it was bad news, but not the worst news that we had had in the last two weeks. So I ended up home around 6.30. My daughter had dance at eight. So I unpacked and I was exhausted and I still took her to dance. And during that hour that she was in dance, I went to the office and started going through the stacks. So although I was on top of everything all week, the work was overwhelming. I there was just stacks and stacks of stacks for me to go through the mail, like everything else. Uh, so I picked her up and I went home and I laid down and again had the worst time falling asleep. I was so worried about Friday. My legal assistant said that to be safe, she wasn't going to come in on Friday, so I was going to have to deal with her not being in the office and, um, you know, just doing the best that I could. So I had three appointments on Friday, uh, one mediation and a telephonic meeting and an in-person meeting. And I was up at 5 a.m. for no reason. Just again, COVID just screwed with my sleep. I don't know if it was exactly COVID or if it was just the stress of it all. I got up, I made coffee, I got organized, I headed to the office. I was already anxious to be home. I wanted to relax and watch the second season of the morning show and maybe get some sleep finally, but I had to get through Friday. Here's what I found out about most people. (laughs) They don't care if you're dealing with something. Um, They're concerned about what they're dealing with. and I understand, but when you're dealing with something yourself, it's very difficult to keep up with the levels that you need for being a lawyer. So I worked a really long day on Friday. Um, Not, you know, not like a trial day, of course, but after um, having COVID, it was a a long day. It was like a nine to five. I was exhausted. I had to wait for a messenger who showed up at like 4.50. I went home and I laid down by 6.30. I am not joking. 6.30 p.m. That was the most tired I'd been, and I was still having the same issue. I couldn't sleep. I think I went to sleep closer to 10, and around 4 or 5 in the morning, I heard my grandson playing and laughing. I got out of bed about 5.30 and got ready to take the boys for a walk. I was out the door by 6, and when I got downstairs, their mothers already had them in a double stroller for me. They were anxious to go back to sleep. Honestly, I could have laid down longer, but I wanted to enjoy the morning with them. I really, really missed them. And one thing my husband told me when I was diagnosed was to make sure that I kept moving. He was convinced that if you could move, get your, mo- your body moving so your breathing keeps going. I followed that advice, and I think it was very helpful. It also mentally kept me stimulated that if I was out walking around, it was a lot harder to feel sorry for myself or dwell on what was happening. So the weather was nice and there was no bugs for the first time in forever. I walked for an hour which is still on my shorter side of walks for a Saturday but it did start to heat up and I was tired from COVID and from traveling. I came back and made coffee and just watched the boys play. I let their moms sleep for longer. I finally had to give the little one to my daughter. He's more of a handful. He's one, and he won't sit for a TV show or music—at least not for long. Then I sat with the older one, Adam. He's uh, almost two and a half. Um, he'll—you know—he can watch videos and snack. And then I put him in his high chair, and he was so tired he fell asleep in his high chair. He had never done that before. He's a kid that always slept in his crib and now his bed. And then when he was taking a nap in his high chair, I put in a grocery order for delivery. And thank God for that, by the way. It's more expensive to do that than pick up, But I didn't feel like I had it in me to even drive down the road to go to the store. Plus, the options for delivery are so much quicker because they use a third-party service. They use Instacart. Um, so you can get your groceries in like two hours instead of, you know, eight. So uh, Lily came down, and um, she's Adam's mom, and she couldn't believe Adam was sleeping. By then, I had to lay down. Like, it all just hit me. I took a two-hour nap, and then um, after the nap, had the groceries delivered. The other thing I did was, on Saturday, I organized everyone to clean the common areas and get ready for the grocery delivery. So we swept, dusted, put things away, did laundry, washed the throw rugs, vacuumed the couch. Like what a difference. When I got home from my trip, the house was a disaster. Boxes and dishes were everywhere. The fridge had old leftovers in it. I was only gone four days, (laughs) but we filled two bags of garbage and a box of recycling just from cleaning up the kitchen and the downstairs so after cleaning and putting away groceries we ate some salad and veggies and drank water everybody wanted something a bit more healthy then I suggested that we go swim swimming the sun wasn't blaring the water was a little cold my brother and nephew stopped by and we visited around the pool we didn't stay out long but it was refreshing and made us feel blessed to be outside I sat outside and dried out my suit. No mosquitoes or humidity. Honestly, I felt blessed by God. Then we went in for a small dinner. I did church online. I'm not sure how it'll all work out, but we finally, finally, finally felt that there was a light at the end of the tunnel with this COVID thing. And then later in the day, I received results from a COVID test from Friday, and it was negative. I couldn't believe it. Like one thing um that I was told and, and got this from multiple sources is that you can test it positive for weeks or months and not be able to transmit it it's just in your system so it went through my system and was gone and we started to feel like we were in a safe house again I took it easy on Sunday because I wanted to have a fresh start to the week I still had some residual exhaustion and some memory fog um, which I think actually because I was coming off of the steroids and I didn't realize it at first, but that was actually a symptom of not taking the steroids any longer. So I went to the office for two hours to work on some projects. It was the greatest thing. As much as I hate going to the office on weekends, I found that an hour or two on Sunday can really get me off to a fresh start. Monday was a day full of phone calls and emails, but on Monday, I made pancakes, and I took a walk, and I was able to do this all because I went in on Sunday. I was not feeling great at the beginning of the week. And like I said, I later found out that exhaustion, stomach issues, pain can all be a result of, of not doing the steroids anymore. So three nights in a row, I went to bed at 7 p.m. Like that's just how much all of this had kicked my ass. Still no smell. Like as I sit here today, this is uh, Thursday. But I'm taking daily walks and I'm sitting outside a lot and I'm starting to feel like myself. I'll be back in two weeks with a new podcast. I have some tips for running an office when you have COVID. And um, number one, after the initial shock, start making a plan. It took me several hours to come up with a plan figure out what I needed for the office, and then be out of the office for 10 days. Like, I really, really had to think about it. Um, two, change your out-of-office email response. I am so thankful for this feature. I used to not have it. I had an email server that didn't allow it. It was called a POP server. And when I switched to a cloud-based server, it allowed me to have it, and I use it all the time. So I let people know I wouldn't be in the office and they could contact my coworkers. It let people know that I had COVID, and I decided for me I decided to share my health information. And I also let every judge know when I had hearings. I I started the hearing off of that because I felt my voice sounded weird and I was also doing hearings in my car or a hotel, and I didn't want to seem unprofessional. I wanted the court to have some context. I know for some people, they will want to keep that private, but I felt for me, it worked. Number three, if you can do it, you be the one to leave the office so your staff can be there. Number four, rely on your staff like crazy and meet with them often. I had daily FaceTime meetings with them. I found this to be more effective than a phone call. They could hold up documents for me to see, and we could see each other's faces. And I'll tell you, I'm not a huge fan of Zoom meetings after doing it for the last year and a half, but I could appreciate the, face- the face-to-face meetings with staff. It was very productive. Number five, end your quarantine with a cushion. The timeline is 10 days, and I was cleared by a doctor also, but I still didn't feel super confident in it. I start, started scheduling meetings after the weekend, uh, to so it made it like 15 days. It meant that I had an insane following week, but it just felt better to build that in. And luckily, I was able to do it. Number six, organize your electronics. I rely on my phone more and more, even though I don't want to. I don't want to be on my phone a 1,000 hours a day, but it was very helpful during, during quarantine. There were many apps that I used. Um, the, the app for my office phone is on my regular phone. Um, doing FaceTime with the staff. I also used a laptop and a tablet, and I made sure I had chargers, chargers and my devices were always charged. Seven, although you rely on devices, use pen and paper too. I had a notebook where I made bullet lists for what I needed to do when I was out of the office and when I returned to the office. I also printed out calendar pages for the days that I was gone and I used the pad at the hotel for just random notes on different things that popped up. Eight, stay up to date on emails and phone calls. This was about all i could really do, you know, because i wasn't in the office and these are things i could access through electronics and staff. 9. Take whatever paper files you need. When i printed out my calendar page pages, i grabbed a few files that i knew i would need. I didn't want to bring thousands of files, but i ended up with a stack about 6 inches thick, and it was pretty manageable. 10. Keep in touch with family and friends. This was a godsend to me. I was so lonely and isolated, and I often crave alone time, but this was a lot. I miss my grandson so much. My daughter Lily told me that I had to get home because my grandson grandson was going up to random dark-haired women and saying, hi, Mima <laughs> like questioning, um, and we've been together ever since. Eleven, sleep when you can. I was having a hard time with this as I stated earlier I felt like I would crash when this was all over and um, I was having the least uh, caffeine intake of my life but I was having trouble sleeping so I just rested when I could number 12 don't forget to eat and drink water this is usually a no-brainer for me I love food especially Italian dishes I lost my sense of smell but not taste but food was not as delicious and my hunger triggers were not working. I wouldn't feel a gradual hunger or be tempted by something that smelled good because I couldn't smell so when my stomach started to feel weird it didn't feel empty or hungry it was more like a pain I knew I needed to eat. Same thing with thirst. I wasn't having the same cravings so I just made sure to drink lots of water and tea. They just, I had it with me all the time and I just kept drinking and drinking. Next one, get advice. I talked to tons of people that had COVID and heard their stories. It was great to commiserate and I got tips on supplements and vitamins that people took that helped them. And um, I was just taking whatever advice I could get. Get medical help. My client actually made me the appointment I probably wouldn't have done this, Um, but the doctor was extremely helpful. Take breaks and spread out your schedule. Um, So those are my tips. And um, how's my movie watching going? (laughs) Usually I do, uh, you know, a a, a few reviews. It's not going great. I watched malignant, Malignant... on HBO. It wasn't a great movie. I watched it. I started it on the day that I lost my sense of smell and I gave up halfway into it. I decided that I was being unfair and um, went back and finished it a couple of days ago. It was all right. You know, I wouldn't go to the movies to see it. It's a new movie at the movies. Do not go to the movies and see it. But if you have HBO Max, watch it. You know, you'll have a chance to watch a new movie, and that's always fun. I also watched Bill and Ted Face the Music on Hulu. It had a few cute moments, but I'm just not sure how much I'm into those movies. It was a bit repetitive. At In this um, version, they're older. They have daughters and wives, and there was a really funny couples counseling session, but just not much there. It had a super cute ending. And I had made when all when I got my diagnosis, and I was in quarantine, I'd made a list of movies to watch. But it never really happened. I ended up doing more reading than anything else and then rewatch some stuff that I had already watched. So that's it for this version of the bonafide legal podcast. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law office. You can find me on my website brummerlaw.com and the podcast is also on Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you everyone who has reached out to me. You have helped me in so many ways um, with the advice, with the um, just well wishes. I I don't know what I would have done without friends and family and clients and uh, opposing counsel judges who just had nice things to say. So thanks, everyone. I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode.